Hello and welcome to Astrology and Stuff, the podcast where we try to talk about serious things without taking ourselves too seriously. I'll be your host and sacred clown, Sampriti. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, hello. Happy full into summer, all you other uh, Northern Hemispherians. Um, it's about 90 degrees on a Thursday afternoon as I record this. And uh, yeah, we're full tilt staring down a summer solstice next week. And I'm actually really liking it. I like this energy. And if you too like this energy and you want to talk about it, or maybe about, I don't know, your own astrology, hit me up, won't you? I do natal chart readings, um, astrocartography readings. I dabble in human design. I do more than dabble personally, but as far as working with other people, I like to keep... It's such a huge modality. I like to keep the expectations very simple. So I'm just going to say I dabble. I like to introduce people to their own human design because um, there's so many rabbit trails that you can go down. Um, I love doing synastry charts. I love doing charts for uh, kids, for their parents, so that there can be a lot of support relationship-wise there, understanding-wise there. And where can you find all of these offerings, you ask? Well, head to my website, www.astrogeomantica.net. And there you can sign up, at least for the rest of June. You can, you can see all my openings. And if you're looking further ahead towards July, I will be getting July's um, books open towards the end of the month. And I just love talking to people about their charts. So hit me up. If you want to know more or more differently, head to my Instagram at Sampriti Life and go check me out there. Hit me up on DMs. But today uh, we are delving into the stuff portion of astrology and stuff. And I want to talk about embodiment because that that is all over my Instagram and it's going to be more all over my Instagram <laughs> and my branding. It's the embodiment part of embodied astrology. What the fuck is embodied astrology? Um, so let's talk about that today. And this might be a one, a oneer, a one uh, episode. Um, foray into this subject, at least for now. I'm definitely going to talk about this more and often in the future, or this may be the first chapter of a series on embodiment of astrology. And a couple of the other subjects that share a very tight ecosystem with embodiment. There's just a lot of overlap between three things that I'm going to talk about. Um, one of them is obviously embodiment. Um, the second is going to be animism and the third is going to be the, for lack of a, a non trademarked term, the power of now. And I'm going to, I'm going to absolute cite all of my sources and talk a lot about the resources and, and how this kind of awareness 
created itself in my life over the last year. And I'm just going to be introducing that today. Um, so embodiment, we're, we're hearing that term thrown around quite a lot. And it's no surprise to me, especially when I put my my astrology, like viewing the world through the astrology lens, those glasses on, um, because for the last year and a half, the North Node, yes, I'm going to talk about the North Node again. Um, the North Node has been in the sign of Taurus. And if you go back and you listen to the Taurus episode, um, I think that was the second or third ep- third episode of the of the podcast. And it's all about it's the Taurus is the second zodiac sign. And as such, it it is where that's that fiery spark of humanity and life and agency and viscerality, it needs to be contained in some way to continue its journey. And that is the body and the sign of Taurus. So we move from like Aries, that fire into the earth of Taurus. And when the North node is in Taurus, we are mainlining this shit. We are absolutely chugging away at this, this particular archetype. And so all of us, we've starting in January of 2022, this collective consciousness has aimed itself of like, okay, what am I going to fill myself with next? You know, what, what's the buffet look like next? How's it being branded? And it went from North Node being in Gemini to North Node being in Taurus. And it's just this kind of diving in face first to all things, understanding what the hell it means to be embodied. What does it mean to have a body and what is my relationship to my body and what's my relationship to my senses? What's my relationship to my, therefore my natural resources and the natural world around me? And oh my God, other people have bodies too. And really we're just living on this giant spherical body. Oh my, and you just go on and on and on (laughs) and in and in and inward. And that I've been on that ride too. And it started, um, a couple of months after I, about a month after I dropped, I created the website, um, in 2022. Yeah. Uh, it was a little over a year ago in February, March of 2022. Uh, I wanted to start a newsletter and I wanted it to be about astrology, but I couldn't stop thinking and therefore writing about the nervous system because I was getting my, my absolute, my my mind was being blown by the nervous system and polyvagal theory and trauma healing and all of that. And that has continued, evolved and continued and evolved and continued as it does, as it happens. And so, and I, 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 also around that time, I took a, about a seven month journey with some dear friends, um, one of whom created a incredibly powerful container called Lunasoma, Sophia Shorkan. She's on Instagram, um, as the modern erotic and Lunasoma, meaning the moon and 
body. And there it was again for me, embodiment. And it was, it's one of those things, you know, and I'm sure you are on some level engaging in this conversation and engaging in your own relationship with astrology, dear listener, from a similar space as far as like, you, you kind of know what they're talking about, but not really. And you know, there's a lot that you're missing, but you're still excited and you're, you want to learn all you can, right? And that's how I felt about embodiment. And I knew, I knew on paper, like what it meant. And I also knew that I, I, like I recognized it where it showed up for me. And it's like, okay, do this thing. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn embodiment. I'm going to be practicing embodiment. I'm going to be practicing embodiment. She looks like she knows what she's, she's talking about. Okay, I'm gonna kind of do what she's doing. And it fe- not, not from a place of like, you know, uh, you know, copycatting and trying something on that doesn't fit, but trying something on that definitely fits, you don't, but you know nothing about, <laughs> you just know that it feels good. And so for about, gosh, six, seven, uh, lunar cycles, every full moon, it was this beautiful container of, of lunasoma, um, as it was iterated in 2022. And it's, it was just this practice again and again and again of bringing the astrological understanding and knowledge and bringing it down into the body. And I knew that that's what I wanted my relationship with my astrology to be. And therefore I knew that's what I wanted my communication of astrology to be via this platform. And so fast forward a couple of months and I late, late last year, I find myself in, uh, in a place of, of just really intense health crisis. Uh, and I'm a former nurse and a former personal trainer and nutritionist and yoga instructor instructor. I've spent decades in the body (laughs) in and about the body. And I found myself having to confront and being confronted by my body for the first time in a very long time, honestly, since I was pregnant and delivering, but I utilized dissociation so much um, or I, my nervous system dissociated and just utilized that tool of survival so much more, you know, eight and, and 11 years ago when I birthed my kids and I, I healed that shit and I didn't have that tool anymore. So suddenly my body was talking to me in late last year, 2022, and I didn't want to run away. And when you're embodying, you're always going to be confronted by physical limitation on one level or another. It's going to look different for everybody. But when you are on the embodiment path, I, I can just predict this and I, I believe this, that 
everybody who is on this path is going to be faced with something similar as far as like, oh, that, that makes them stop and slow down and say, oh, I can't do that at that pace or at that level or with those motives. And because if I do, or as I have done in the past, I've just kind of pushed through and, and dominated my body in order to do what my mind thought was best. And I can't, and now that we're on the embodiment path, we are not dom- we are not interested in dominating our physical experience we with our minds and our thoughts and our quote unquote intentions um we are interested in being in relationship with this closest of lovers our body our senses our personal experience and i f- I fucking like made that deal and you can't, you can't white out that, that part of the contract. Like there's no redacting that part of the contract. Once you've agreed, once your higher self, bad news guys, once your higher self makes that agreement, you're, there's no going back. And so I found myself at the end of the year, like I literally cannot stress anymore. And over the course of the Mars retrograde period, just came to terms with how deeply I had centered, you know, as a, as a person who fell out of the womb trying to survive, how, how deeply I had centered survival and stress response as a life path, as a way of interacting and relating, thinking that I'm relating, but really I'm just like stressing and controlling and manipulating and people pleasing and, and all of that from a place of fear and of survival and of trauma. And it's gone. Like when we, like nobody tells you that when we heal the trauma, we can't use the toolboxes that helped us live with the trauma. So suddenly we're, we're toolless. We're tools <laughs> without a tool. And, and I had to take that Mars retrograde and start kind of just start from scratch and do nothing, absolutely nothing except listen to my body. And so I hibernated, I hibernated for a couple of months and I depended on my loved ones and it was almost like when I had COVID and I couldn't do shit. And I also couldn't think about shit because the, the brain was not there when I had COVID. And I, and I knew like I was in touch with my higher self. Thankfully, like my higher self was audible enough to where I knew exactly what was going on. I knew why I had these physical symptoms and I knew why I was kind of just in the corner because I, I had painted myself, I, my, my evolved self and involved self had painted myself into that corner. And it's this, it's this thing of like, oh, I have a new body now. Uh, that means I have a new way of doing things. And I, up until this point, I've really tried to force doing things the old way and it just doesn't work anymore. So Mars went direct 
in mid-January of this year, 2023, and I started to feel some life. I started to feel some desire for movement. I started to feel myself, you know, shuffle out of the hibernation cave a little bit. And I, through this whole hibernation time, it had just been self-trust, 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 self-trust. Just that was my neutral. That was my hard zero of it all has to come back to self-trust. Whatever I'm doing, it must have been the right decision because I can't help but trust myself. That, that kind of reality, just embodying that reality. And January, you know, I'm like, okay, I feel like I want to put my energy out into the world somewhere I should, I, not I should, I felt myself kind of feel out for the very first time wanting to work again and Yes, understand needing, I needed to work, you know, the household needed my, my labor in that way, financially speaking. And I was just kind of magnetizing, okay, what's the, what's the, what's, I want a job full of ease. I don't want to sell my soul. Um, and I was in the middle of meditation and this job opportunity popped into my head And I thought that is exciting. I've never thought about working there before, but I, I can, I'm embodying that. I can see the outfits. I can see me in the space. Um, Let's make this happen. And that day I put in my resume and a cover letter and that was a Friday on a Monday, got a call back, come in, interview the following Friday. She hired me on the spot and I started my new chapter and that chapter was one of the most stressful chapters of my life <laughs> that I have lived as an adult. And I spent 10 years in the ER. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was not going back to do hospital work. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. I never will, probably. <laughs> This was something that on paper and me marching my my cute little ass into that space for the first time, never thought that the stress would be there in that in that spot. And it was really it was it wasn't the job itself at all or it shouldn't have been the job itself. It was the person in charge who just brought stress to absolutely every single moment and layer of being here. And that was totally for a reason because guys, remember my body, I knew that I needed to be there. I knew that my, that was my job. And I now know I'm out of that job now, blissfully. Thank you. Um, I know I have full consciousness that I was meant to be in that space as kind of a boot camp, uh, you know, you, how you have some chapters of your life that are, oh, I learned these lessons through, e- uh, you know, an easeful, pleasurable experience, kind of neutral experience. And then you have those chapters often following great, massive evolution that just put your feet, screw, you know, your feet to the screws or your feet to the fire 
And they, they, my Aries ass, I guess, really wanted to learn everything as, as fast as possible. Um, there's, you know, no time's a, time's a waste in. Um, so what happened was I was brought to such a, a testing point of stress. Whereas before in the winter, it was me listening to making the choice to listen to my body and put the internal stress down and say, I'm not going to think like this anymore. I'm not going to treat myself this way anymore. And so what reality brought me immediately, nearly, was an exper- a set of experiences of, okay, so what about now? What about when it comes to you in this traditionally for me really um, with authority, because this was my boss that was making just a, a whole hell of it, uh, in the space. Traditionally in my, historically, um, I have been, I have, I have been very comfortable with taking the subservient victim role in any system of, of authority. So we're talking like jobs and education and parentage and um, pretty much anybody that I feel um, categorically has power over me, that victim or subservient place has been an, an incredibly comfortable place for me. And I'm saying this neutrally and I'm not saying it with any drama it's just that I had to do that to survive as a, as a child, okay? And so, of course, that is the most comfort. It's, it's what my, my deepest development was, uh, was formed in way back when. But, oh, yeah, I healed that shit. So, n- new body, who's this? And I was immediately given... A, an authority figure that allowed me to get triggered again and again and get mistreated again and again and again and genuinely mistreated. I'm not being dramatic. Genuinely mistreated. She mistreated everybody. Probably still mistreats everybody uh, who works for her. And it was just this crash course of, oh, fuck, boundaries. I've been talking about boundaries for like a year now and shit. Okay. I, okay, here we go. Boundaries. Okay. (laughs) And it was like four months of just this, this boot camp of how do I stay in my power and what's my role here? What is not my role here? What are boundaries? What's my problem? Um, did I cause this, this person's dysregulation? Um, does she really have the power that I think she has that I'm, that my body is giving her and, and just an incredibly literal crash course in self-agency, like literally all of the, the Aryan, the Mars retrograde in Gemini lessons that I had learned over the winter, immediately being put to use. Um, I was miserable. 
I was absolutely miserable. I, my body was beginning to degrade. Um, I couldn't sleep. I was numbing out or trying to numb out, but also understanding that I, I don't want to stay numb forever, but it was that kind of thing of like, I eat my blood pressure either spikes or I numb out a little bit in order to get through this, this day, this work day, that kind of thing. It was very, and and the, the longer I went and got attacked and suffered and, and held myself and nourished myself set a boundary, got attacked again and suffered and showed up for myself again and again and again and again over the course of these months, it got clearer and clearer. Like my internal space got crystal clear and the suffering peaked, um, Pisces season, of course, uh, late Pisces season. And as it often happens, we, that we come to these places where our suffering is the most pronounced, and then we realize why the suffering is the most pronounced, and it's because we're resisting something. And then we surrender. And then something just whoosh, it rushes in, and it's the new paradigm and it's the clarity, and it's the peace, and it's the softness. And I'm laughing. (laughs) I laugh at like how literally this happens for me in alignment with astrological seasons and transits. And for me, this was the vernal equinox, so Aries ingress, and the Aries new moon. Aries ingress was, I think, on a Friday, I think, or on a Saturday, and like the new moon was on like a Monday. It, it, either way, it was oh, no, 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 no. It was like the the same day because I think the new moon this past Aries season, Aries new moon, was zero zero Aries. And yeah, I think it it all happened on the same day. It had to have. And I started. Oh, that's right. It happened on a Monday, and I started feeling euphoric on Saturday. And I don't know why. It was just one of those things of like, you suddenly just have access to more. You have access to a higher state. You have access to expanded ideas and and just more. And I was high for about a week on not not on any substances, but just on this, on this, in this place, in this state and on the new moon, um, or on the equinox new moon day, I woke up and I had to, I had to hear Eckhart Tolle's voice. I just, I had to. And up until this point, I knew like the power of the power of now, obviously, you know, I've been in the, uh, you know, awakening ascension, new, new age, uh, camp for quite a while now. And so he's, you know, of course I know who he is. I know the books that he's written. I've never, uh, I think I've listened to his like a couple of reels up until this point. So I knew what he sounded like, but I had never had the desire to, to get his book or listen to his stuff. Uh, it just, I'm, I'm, 
I've been doing this long enough. I just know that when it's meant for me, it'll find me and I'll be like obsessed with it. And I'll take what is needed, what is being offered. I'll receive that. And then that's that. So that, that was this time. That was this Aries, Aries ingress. And I really wanted to meditate first thing in the morning. And I put on the pat and I, I don't even go to the YouTube videos or anything like that. I buy the, the audiobook Power of Now because <laughs> I knew. I was like, oh, okay, this is that thing. Got it. We're going to inhale this, this guy and just see where it takes us. And so I just started listening to the book and I meditated. And that is all I listened to for goodness. Like for those, for those first three or four days, any... Any moment that I had, I had my AirPods in and I was listening to him read, you know, the power of now. And it was just, it was this download. It's like my, my, my system, uh, required an upgrade and I had to, you know, close down the computer for a hot second and then re-upload it. And when I came online, this was what the code was. This is what the the new information was. And specifically the power of now, because what was happening is I was receiving more information on embodiment. And this happened to me in a similar way the previous summer. I went to, or I, I was looking for new podcasts and I stumbled across one podcast called uh, Holistic Life Navigation by Luis Mojica, L-U-I-S-M-O-J-I-C-A. And I will be 1 million percent honest. I saw him on it, on the podcast and the title of the podcast, and I got immediately triggered. Uh, because I was in the middle of summer, 3D summer with my kids, I wasn't doing readings pretty much because I was just solid in 3D day-to-day being a, a full-time mom on summer break with her kids. And I didn't have any place, I thought, for any of that woo-woo shit. <laughs> I was like, here's, okay, number one, this guy, this man with face tattoos and gauged earlobes and beautiful hair, and he's gorgeous. Um, But in the moment, I was like, am I really going to have another, you know, sound bowl healing person tell me how my life could be better if I just did one, two, three? I was totally jaded. I was absolutely jaded on the whole self-improvement kind of thing at the moment. And then, God, I hate this when this happens. I, li- I, I gave in one day in the woods. I was on a walk and I gave in one day and I listened to five minutes of, of an episode. I was like, oh, this, this, I need this guy. Okay, this is why I was so triggered by him is because I could actually learn a lot. I'm actually, it's actually, actually exactly what I need at this moment because he's all about 
somatic experiencing and embodiment and polyvagal theory and so much more. And one of the things, and I, so I ended up, of course, taking like a six week course from him and it's so valuable. It's absolutely so valuable because uh, I was looking for a somatic experiencing practitioner here where I live and I just couldn't line up with one. And this was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful resource for me. And I'm still just, it's still paying dividends uh, a year later. So and I had had that experience with him that really in a practical way through, through his, his six-week course had, had set this beautiful foundation for how to... Somatic experiencing is all about being in the present moment with your body and gaining and practicing tools on how to be present for your body, for your nervous system, how to, you know, auto-regulate and co-regulate the nervous system, um, all of these other cool buzzwords, but, but ma- basically oversimplifying it, teaching me how to be in the moment as myself, no, no strings attached, unconditionally as myself. And so I, I had that last summer. And then Eckhart Tolle rolls in with the power of now into my consciousness in March. And it's another layer. It's another layer. And this time it is the, I am able to receive this information from the place of even though I was in as Amy March would put it, the depths of despair with not quite despair, but just like, holy shit, this is, this is a lot. This is a lot of suffering and I'm trying and I I don't have any tools, trauma tools that I used to use as far as like pushing through it. I have to be with this suffering and be with the strength building and be with it in the moment. I, I had to, I had a beautiful foundation of, because of what I learned within holistic life navigation, um, I had a beautiful something to layer this power of now stuff on to, and therefore I had capacity. I had capacity to actually receive it as something that I could embody, and because with for me, without that layer of somatic healing and somatic experiencing, it's just fake, right? Mindset bullshit of, you know, Joe, Dis, you know, Joe Dispenza, um, Eckhart Tolle, Abraham Hicks, um, all of these I absolutely adore, but in various parts of my journey, I have been absolutely triggered by these and, and just by these people and these mess more of the, not the people, the messages of like, well, that's easy for you to say. That's easy for you to say because my, I just wasn't in that place. My nervous system didn't have the capacity for it. Uh, and, and so I'm going to pause here to project out to you, dear listener, that 
getting triggered by the person or the modality that seems like they've got it all. There are a couple of steps ahead of you on this path um, is a totally normal phenomenon. It's a totally normal phenomenon to look at, you know who they, we all have our, our special ones of like, easy for them to say my, a lot of my fallback was like easy for her to say she doesn't have kids. She doesn't have kids. She doesn't know what it's like to have no time to yourself during certain periods and a consistently emptying cup and this and that and the other thing. We can all make up these, um, these blocks that we, we need, you know, we need, because we are not in that frequency yet, our system can't handle being in that frequency yet because we haven't healed the density. You know, we haven't healed and integrated and let go of the denser regions of our trauma. We have needs when we try to kind of outthink and outbelieve and out fucking manifest uh, our healing path, outpace ourselves on this healing path. Um, we'll always be disappointed. We'll always be jaded and bitter and resentful and find a separateness and try to separate ourselves and try to isolate ourselves in our situation because at the heart of the matter, we're just, we're heartbroken. We're absolutely heartbroken and we're sad that I, I long to be at peace the way that these people are at peace and our bodies will, and our, our lives will continuously point us back to the healing and the, the, and by healing, I mean unconditional self-acceptance and unconditional self-love. Always, always, always. But we'll always be pointed back to the, the treasure that we are trying to leave behind and actually go in and pick up that treasure via opportunities for unconditional self-love and unconditional self-acceptance before we, we go on, because that can't raising that vibrational frequency, like literally just I'm math talking here. This is just pure math, neutral math. Um, that place of peace, that experience of softness, that experience of ease and of, of near ecstasy is a vibrational frequency like matter Matter vibrates at a very specific pace and frequency in those spaces. And then shame and guilt and, and anger, they vibrate, that matter vibrates at a very specific frequency. And just the math doesn't work, okay? And so what, what had happened was um, I... I, I healed some shit things. There was some, some nervous system, um, stuff and healing that, uh, popped up, you know, some, some hurts. <laughs> and therefore when Eckhart Tolle stuff came around back around, I, I was in full, it was a vibrational match. And so I was able to receive all of this in March and just 
feel it, feel it change me, feel the, feel the frequency in my body shift. And did like, did I, I get a a different job the very next day? No, it took me about, gosh, almost two months. Yeah. Two months to, to get to that place. But I was not suffering in that time. Were, were, was my boss insufferable? Absolutely. But was I suffering? No. I, because I knew that on many, I, and of course I had bad days. Absolutely. I had bad days, but on the whole, I knew that what I had peace inside of me that nothing outside of me could change. Nothing could touch that. And eight weeks later, it manifested into a, now eight weeks later, rapid, like from one day to the next, uh, almost literally, (laughs) I was in a different job that was a vibrational match for me. And and like the zero stress and the zero trauma and everything was so much easier and everything else. It it was like a lateral move. I didn't have to take less money. I didn't have to take shittier hours. I didn't have to take, I didn't have to quote unquote compromise any of the things that were truly, truly valuable to me. So the third thing, um, kind of pie piece to this puzzle. So we've got somatic embodiment. We've got the power of now. And by the power of now, I'm, I'm not talking about the title of the book anymore. I'm talking about literally the, the, the math that, yes, Eckhart Tolle does spend the book talking about and teaching about and channeling about how literally the only thing that exists is now. And the power of now being just another term for embodiment because somatic experiencing, and I'm just using myself as an example because these were the particular resources that I found and that came to me, that somatic experiencing taught me the power of now via here are some actual physical practices to practice like the more esoteric Eckhart Tolle uh, ideas. Like, here's how you utilize the, the, the fact that I believe that there is nothing but the present moment, but I cannot practice that without somatic experiencing, without practicing being in the present moment instead of trying to run away from my body and my experience. So the third arm of that Um, which actually kind of harkens back to a ping that I received in the first arm. Uh, Luis Mojica, he talks a lot about animism in his, uh, in his, on his platform and A-N-I-M-I-S-M. Yeah, I think I spelled that correctly. (laughs) There's a lot of I's there. Um, It's like trying to spell my, uh, my, my email. There's just a lot of eyes in Sam Preeti. Um, so animism, I understood animism even all throughout, you know, my, my summer with, with holistic life navigation, 
uh, I understood animism as indeed everything around us is alive. Everything around us is animate. And what was so valuable about, like the only thing that I really took in from that was through somatic experiencing, we're learning how to be in right relationship with ourselves. And therefore, we're by doing so, we can be in right relationship with the world around us. And what animism was, what I started to take in with that was that animism is the, the, the philosophy and the modality and the practice of, not, of being in relationship with all matter, with everything around you. And that has been deepened in the last couple of weeks. Because this third arm and this embodied by this third resource is all about animism and how animism serves as a functionality and a foundation to embodiment. And that third resource is this, of course, it's a fucking podcast. Um, the, is this podcast called The Emerald? And The Emerald is produced and, and given to us by Joshua Michael Shrey. And I'm going to put all of these, I'm going to do my best to put all of these in the show notes resources. Um, cause I learned how to actually do that a couple of weeks ago. So the Emerald was, I heard about the Emerald through, um, my friends, uh, my friend Darshana over at Conscious Womb and once again, Sophia. Uh, at moder- the Modern Erotic and uh, through Conscious Womb Birthing School, which I'm a soulful doula. More on that later. Uh, but the Emerald is a really singular, incredible podcast that is devoted to to foundationally animism because, and I, I think I can say that at this point because... Um, Joshua, the the ho- the creator and host, he says as much. He offers this this one particular episode as a fantastic introduction um, to his platform, and that is the first or the second episode that I listened to, and it's called "Animism is Normative Consciousness," and that he, he spends an hour weaving a beautiful sonic story around how 99.99% of humanity are animists. It's this 0.01% in the past mm, couple hundred years that has, you know, splintered itself off of into materialism and how we, being born in the 20th and maybe some of you the 21st centuries, we come into this earth being told and being programmed that the opposite is true, that really it's materialism that is normative and it's animism that is at worst uh, anathema, you know, pagan to the core, uh, 
uh, evil, and at best, a cute mistake, a beautiful mistake, a sweet mistake. Oh, look at these, these indigenous people over here. They believe that the rocks are their grandfathers. Isn't that beautiful? Shouldn't we be more like them? But no, because science tells us that that's a mistake. Gosh, I don't know which one's worst. But anyway, animism is this third arm for me for uh, that that joins em, you know embodiment and the and the now, the present moment and animism because animism when we embody when we continue to move down this path and guys we can't help but continue there is no going back for you i'm sorry <laughs> once you start on the healing journey on the integration journey on the unconditional self love and unconditional self acceptance journey you can't undo it it's not a fragile thread it is the thread that connects you to your soul. That is not a fragile bond. It is the strongest bond that you have ever, will ever have. Okay? So these three tenets, uh, somatic experiencing slash embodiment, the present moment, and animism, all kind of come together for me have come together for me in the past year and become fractals of themselves and reflections of themselves and have built upon themselves in my own experience to this deliciousness of how everything is the same. And everything is, I think my, my, my initial point before that rant was, when we go on these journeys, begin, you know, begin and, and re-begin and re-begin these journeys of healing and integration, et cetera, we, everything becomes a relationship because really what we're uncovering and what we're realizing and coming into greater clarity and awareness about is that is, is how we are all connected and not just on a mystical, theoretical string theory level. Embodiment is the practice of that mysticism, the practice of that theory, the practice of that string theory. And what happens is we come into this experience of the relationship between everything. And when we heal our hearts we heal those conduits of relationship and suddenly the sun comes out and things are so much richer than we had ever anticipated and so much more delicious than we ever had anticipated. And I really think those last eight weeks at this horrible, horrible environment for a beautiful, beautiful job. <laughs> um, it was me 
just putting the muscle in for that richness no matter what. Dazzling, dazzling experience no matter what. That it resides absolutely everywhere. And of course, the power of perspective. So back to relationship. Uh, This third arm, the animism, has really pounded it into, well, not pounded, (laughs) unless it's a a pleasurable pounding. (laughs) But there's nothing like violent here. There's just this, mm, like kissing it gently into your skin. These awarenesses of it's been relationality over rationality. So that rationality is the, the materialism, right? And, and how animism is an evolution to relating. And I'm, I'm going to read um, a quote from this episode of the Emerald of Animism as Normative Consciousness. Instead of trying to highlight one point of, and he's talking about when did animism, you know, give way to in our, in our collective consciousness right here, right now, like the cultural, um, okay, better, better term consensus consciousness, like the people walking around, a lot of the people walking around the earth, all kind of mass, mass agreeing, like, we believe this is true, right? Yeah, we believe this is true. Yeah, this is, this is what is, right? Um, independent of like ancestral knowledge and greater knowledge, et cetera. It's just like this consensus thought. And the, the whole, what he was, the point that he was making was when really, or exploring rather, is when did the animism really kind of give way to materialism. And he says, instead of trying to highlight one point of time of when that happened, we can say instead that there are choices along the way that we have made and that we make. Times when we choose again and again to flee from the immediacy of the moment as individual people and as cultures. Much has been sacrificed in the name of progress and convenience. And we may find, if we are not finding it already, that fashioning a life focused on convenience isn't convenient at all. End quote. So I would would draw your attention here to the fact that the more that you dive in or just sink, let yourself sink in to the normative consciousness that is being in relationship, not with things, but with other beings, sinking into the reality that we are surrounded by life and only life, that this consciousness will unavoidably creep itself into every cell of your body because 
it's already there. Number one, remember it's, (laughs) remember it's a remembering. It's not a, it's not a, a blanket awareness. It's, it's a remembering, right? And may I pause here, tiny rabbit trail that I, to share that I was not raised animist. I don't have a developmental framework and platform on which to boldly embody this journey. And for a split second, I was like, oh, I was, I kind of mourned that I was, as I was listening to these episodes of the Emerald because I'm like, oh man, I feel lost here because I don't know how to do this right re-embody a right relationship with, with the world around me. Number one, let's just take a moment to laugh at that. Like there's no doing this right because there's no doing this wrong. Okay. We just are, we just are, we just be okay. But as, as I, my laughter died off, um, from that ridiculous statement, I heard my body. Well, my my body knows. My blood knows. My ancestors who live in my deoxyribonucleic acid, my molecules of DNA in my blood and in every cell of my body, they know, they tell me, they guide my hands and my feet and my words and my breath and my synapses, my ventricles and atria of my heart. They guide my bones and my sinew and my mitochondria. They guide They guide all of us so that it can be said that the more we embody, the more we commune with these teachers, the more we set space for them and bow our foreheads down to receive their blessing and open our ears to listen the more we come into right relationship with the body, our body peoples, our body persons, the more we receive the wisdom around the animism and the more we receive the, maybe not in words, maybe in urges and sensations, we find a softening of our relationship with the world around us because we gain greater and greater and greater ability to look at a tree and see a face or look at a pond and see a nymph there, see the spirit of the space, hear the words on the wind, and feel with every afternoon sunlight, feel the embrace of that sun as an embrace. 
And my initial point was that as we move into greater and greater relationship with our bodies and with the bodies of those around us, we will absolutely fuck up. (laughs) We will romanticize and sentimentalize. I'm in that space right now of like trying, right? I'm trying to be in right relationship. I'm trying to be animist. And because our ancestors and those who share this world with us right now in this moment of time, who, who have the, the reality of being born into animism, born into that, those, those worldviews and ways of, of living, uh, they, they don't have to learn shit. They just, it is, it just, it's just the way that it is. There are no words for animism in these cultures because it just, it is the way that it is. And for those of us who, who have to go through these awkward, um, puberties and adolescencies, uh, of relearning, we're going to fuck up. We're going to be very awkward. We're going to pretend we're going to play dress up. We're going to, you know, hug a tree because we think it's the animus thing to do. We're going to label. We're going to just really overexert and, and try to find as much identity as possible in these newly euphoric places, just like we did with yoga, just like we did with astrology, just like we did with vitamins, <laughs> just like we did with so many of like all of these other healing modalities, crystals and, and all of that, all of these other healing modalities that have, you know, blown our, the doors of our mind and our bodies and our hearts wide open we, we, we like put the costume on. We try to become the thing instead of becoming the thing. Um, so just hold space for yourself. Hold space as you move, continue to move down quite successfully, might I add, from where I'm sitting. Um, as we continue to move down this, this path of coming home to ourselves and embodying a greater and greater authentic experience that it's going to get clunky and awkward. And that's going to be punctuated by beautiful moments of effortlessness. And the more you just, the more we practice, the more we embody, the more embodied it becomes. And suddenly it's not clothes anymore that we're putting on, it's skin. And we never take it off because it's us. All right. I think I'm going to pause here. And obviously I have a lot more to say because it's me on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to save it for next episode. And I just wanted to offer everyone out there who's listening to this encouragement and light that whatever you're doing, it's fine. And however you're doing it, it's fine. Even if it's not filled with unconditional self-love and unconditional self-acceptance at the moment, it's fine. It's all an experiment. 
and it will all come around and it's all fulfilling, isn't it? It's all juicy. Even the tears, especially the tears, they're the juiciest of them all. (laughs) And whatever path that your evolution wants to take, whatever path your soul's desires uh, wish to travel, trust it, okay? Practice that trust. Practice that trust in your body. Practice that trust in your soul. And practice that trust in the world around you as an extension of you and you as an extension of them. Thank you for being here. So that's it for this episode of Astrology and Stuff. You can come back each Wednesday for new episodes. And you also have a way to get weekly bonus episodes on my Patreon page. Just search Astrology and Stuff Podcast. Bonus episodes are weekly peeks into the planetary transits where we can get into the astrology of the week and how that may be affecting you in your neck of the woods. Each episode of Astrology and Stuff is written, recorded, edited, and mixed by me, Simpriti Ireland. The music you hear is an original work by Angel Wing. And again, thank you for being here.